Welcome to another episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. I'm your host, Taylor Burris. Justin Prince will be along with us later on in the show, but we have a very special guest. He is the winner of the All-American Esports 400 that happened this past weekend at the virtual Nashville Fairgrounds, as well as the 2021 NASCAR Pinty Series Rookie of the Year, Trayton Lapsovis joins us here tonight. Trayton, welcome to the show, and I got to say, it's been an amazing year for you competing not only in the Pinty Series up in Canada, but winning such a very popular short track event that is being held on iRacing. Your thoughts on how your year overall has been for you? Um, my year's been pretty good. Uh, we had a lot of success in the Pinty's car or in the Pinty series, being my first year. Um, grabbed a lot of top fives. Uh, ran good at the road courses, which was a bit of surprise, honestly. Um, you know, we came just short of that first win. Uh, one, one at one point, it, we came one corner shy of that first win. So we came close, nonetheless. We had a lot of bad luck along the way, a couple DNFs, but uh, we had to be happy with our season and all that we accomplished. Um, I know that we. Uh, we came. We were the top driver in, in a lot of stack columns, such as like laps led, uh, most polls, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, and then to, to come over to the virtual side as the season ended and, and grab the All American 400 win, it, you know, it's been a really successful year for sure. Talk to us first off about that All American 400 win. I mean, it was up against some of the biggest names in short track racing on iRacing that had to work their way, fight for it. And knowing how difficult it is to win at this race, whether it is in the virtual or the real world, the emotions of collecting this victory. Uh, you know, when I when I qualified 18th there, I was a little intimidated. I was like, geez, I got some speed to find. There's some quick guys here. Um, but, you know, my plan was always to save my tires for the end of the race. Uh, the guy with the most tires always wins those races. Or I shouldn't say always, but the guy with the most tires at the end usually wins those races. And, and uh, that's kind of what I did. I saved my rights for the end, took lefts early. Um, we were only able to take two tires a stop. So that's how I kind of played it, was uh, taking my lefts at the start of the race and uh, having some fresh rubber on the car, but but saving those right sides, knowing that they were going to be the most important at the end. Um, you know, we were in a bad position for most of that race. We got a drive-through penalty. Uh, went a lap down from that, but um, came down and take my last set of right sides with 50 laps to go, and uh, the rest is history, I guess you'd say. Certainly is indeed. And now one of the coolest things that I've ever seen as far as a tr trophy for any form of virtual racing that's been on iRacing is, of course, you get the chance to win a brand new electric guitar, which by far has to be very exciting. I mean, first and foremost, are you someone who's big into music? Uh, I'm not too big into music, but uh, I've seen the, the the real guys, the real drivers have the guitars at the race in Nashville there, and, and I think it's definitely going to be cool to have one in my room. It, it'll definitely look good. It certainly will, and of course, you will be recognized at this weekend's All-American 400 for your win as well, and looking back on this, you know, seeing how the actual Nashville Fairgrounds getting involved with their virtual race and also recognizing that Esports has grown and become a definite avenue for racers to hone their talents. What does that mean and feel like to be recognized by the track outside of the virtual world? Uh, it's really cool. Um, as you said, the virtual world has just grown so much. And, and I know as a real-world racer, I use iRacing as, uh, as such a big asset to my career. Um, I mentioned the road course racing earlier. Um, 
prior to this season, I, I had never made a, a start on a road course ever in my career in real life. And, uh, I used iRacing racing as, as a tool to, um, to better my, uh, to better my driving ability. And, and we came out and we got a podium at, uh, at my, only my second road course race. So, um, it was all really cool. Uh, I racing is such, is just such a great tool. Um, in the off season, you can usually find me iRacing racing and, and pretty much nothing else. I agree with you on that. I've been a long time fan of you watching you race through or all of the versions of iRacing, whether it be road racing, oval, dirt, you name it. We catch you out there racing on it. But let's go a little bit further into how you got involved with iRacing. I know you've been involved in the late model community for quite some time before now moving up into the Pinty series. But explain of how all of this came about. Um, I got into iRacing in about 2015. Um, we got it for a Christmas present, actually, me and my brother. Um, we we kind of were just casual eye racers for a long time, and then we got involved with the guys at uh, at Bobby Diller and Hart Legacy Sport there, and and that's what really sparked it all. Um, we got really involved, got really involved in not only short track racing but the big car racing as well. And from that, um, we were able to create Reaper Speed Lab uh, with the help of, of Boyd Hogue and all the guys there. Um, that was really cool. Um, it's it's all been really fun ride, and, and since then we've gone on to to build our own team, my brother and I, and uh, we've been really successful ever since. Certainly have collecting multiple wins across the iRacing platform, especially on the short track side, which is of course your strongest suit. But with this progressing your way up through, how does has this helped you hone your skills even more? You mentioned a little bit on the road course side when it came to the Pinty series, but the comparisons that you see when driving in the sim compared to some of the tracks you may have driven in the real world, the similarities and differences that you notice when it comes to using this as a tool to help train and prepare. Um, you know, I was saying they, they, they simulate everything really well. Um, everything I've done. Um, the big one for me was CTMP there, uh, a Moss where some may know it. Uh, that one, uh, that one's pretty much one of the only big Canadian tracks in iRacing racing that we go to in the Pinty series. But prior to the the race in the real world, I, world I did probably four or five hundred laps on iRacing, racing, and uh, it, it definitely helped. Like um, we only get a forty five minute practice on race day in in the Pinty series, and uh, I was right up to speed really quick. And I I credit all that to iRacing, racing. Really, um, there's no doubt that the realism factor on iRacing racing is really good and. And they're, they're improving their stuff basically every day, you know, putting out new updates. And, and the handling of the car is even even similar, or even similar, sorry. And with that, you know, we see how it has improved your racing career as you finished up your first season full-time in the Pinty Series. You made a couple of starts last season in 2020, subbing for Alex Tagliani, picking up five top fives, seven top tens. You pointed out already most polls for the season, as well as most laps led up a 309, an average finish of 8.9. Just a phenomenal run in the 2021 season. What could we expect for you in 2022 and beyond? Um, we're still working out all, all the deals with 2022, but um, you know, hopefully we can we can come back to the Pinty Series with RGC Sports and Quick Quick and, and all the guys at 22 Racing. It was a really good experience, nonetheless, and uh, I think we have a lot of unfinished business, too. Um, we, as I said, we came up shy of that first win multiple times. We showed speed at every race we were at, where we were at and, uh, you know, it was just a lot of bad luck that came our way. So hopefully we can make another run at that in 2022 and, and then continuing the late model side of things, too. Uh, um, 
we came up one point shy of winning the APC United Light Model Series Championship there. So um, that one that one stung a little, and uh, I, I think we have some unfinished business there as well. So I'm sure you can see me back in the late model scene, and then um, obviously we'll have to see how all the Pinty stuff works out, but uh, I'd love to come back there as well. Certainly, and you mentioned you know working with uh, the team that Alex Tagliani is. What is it like having him as a mentor to teach you and learn a little bit when it comes to racing in these Pinty cars? Um, Alex, Alex, and uh, my other teammate um, Mark Antoine Cameron were were definitely a lot of good help. You know, I had a lot of good road racers around me. I, I not only had them too, but I had my dad, who was pretty good on the road courses, um, as well as my brother, and, and obviously Scott Steckley too. Um, so they all helped a ton. Um, it was it was great talking to uh, to Alex and Mark and finding out you know shift points, um, gears going around the track because it was all new to me. I, I had never. Uh, Never done any road course racing and uh, had never shifted gears before or turned right. So um, it, it helped a lot. And, uh, you know, just since talking to them, you can learn so much. Um, I know after my first practice session at Three Rivers, uh, I talked to Alex and Mark after that. And, and I went out and qualifying gained a second and a half. So, and, you know, just talking to them helped a ton. And it was great to have such, uh, such awesome people to rely on. If that is one point to talk about, you know, with the series, with the Pinty series, not only do you have the regular road courses like Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, but you have a couple of street courses on the schedule as well. What is it like trying to run on a street course, even though you have no experience whatsoever, like you said, turning right to learn about that track as, from the from your teammates? Uh, the street course was intimidating for sure. Um, there's not much room at all. I, you can barely fit three cars at some points in the track. And um, I, I think the hardest part about it was would definitely be the vantage point for the spotter. Um, the spotter's spot from on pit road, so they can really only see one corner. Um, other than that, it's really all up to the driver and, and whatever the spotter can see at the big screen on the time. So that was tough for me. As I said, it was intimidating. Uh, you know, you got to be in your mirrors, but, but you also got to be focusing on hitting your shifts, being smooth, and, and not messing up it. You know, that's, that's also a big thing on the road courses. I, I learned from Mark and, and Tag, um, you know, it, it, you got to make no mistakes. And as long as you make no mistakes at those types of races, um, you, you usually come out with a pretty good finish. And now one thing also that we know for sure that you have done in the past is also competed in the Road to Pro Qualifying Series. I remember back in 2020 that you competed in it as well. Are your thoughts also considering maybe to try to reach that level of eNASCAR competition in the future as well, or are we just going to be staying strictly focused on the short track side as well as pursuing your career in the NASCAR Pinty Series? Yeah, I've made attempts at the Road to Pro Series a couple times. Um, the hardest part for me kind of becomes commitment. Um, a lot of the time it overlaps with stuff getting started in the real life, uh, real life world, so it's hard for me to stay on top of testing, and, and that's what usually usually puts me out of it pretty early, but um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, we'll see if I can surround myself with some good people and uh, maybe make another run at it. Okay, well, we look forward to seeing if that can happen. But as we come to a close on this interview, Trayton, your thoughts on your ultimate goal. You know, your brother was a, the 2016 champion with Caden, and he's off here in the States running into late model world. What is your goal as far as being a driver both virtual and real world, on what you would like to accomplish? Um, I, I think in the real world, I'd like to kind of follow the same path Caden did. Um, you know, Caden got the, the Pinty Series Championship, as you said. I'd, I'd like to follow in his footsteps in, in that sense because 
you know, it's a really big accomplishment. You get recognized down south, and um, it's all a really good experience. So I like to follow that path, and, and then I'd like to probably head down south and make some races myself as well, uh, you know, maybe in, in the light model. Uh, all the competition's really stiff down there. I, I, I'd love to try and compete, um, as well as maybe the ARCA series and, and moving up from there in the future. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see if we can secure the funding to do it, and um, you know, if we could, that'd be awesome. Uh, as for i racing, um, I, I think we're just going to keep trying to to plug off, um, plug away, and see how many how many of these big crown jewel events we can win. Um, other than that, it'd be further expanding the brand of Reaper Speed Lab. Um, we've gained a lot of a lot of traction there, and, and we've had a lot of success along the way. You certainly have, Will Trayton. Where can people go to learn more about your career, follow your career going into 2022, as well as learn more about Reaper Speed Lab? Um, if you want to learn about Reaper Speed Lab, you can uh, go on the website, reaperspeedlab.com. Um, you can follow most of my career on Facebook. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Trayton Lapsus Racing. Uh, I try and keep all my fans updated on what I'm doing, and, and you can follow along pretty good right there. Well, Trayton, we want to say thank you for your time here on the iRacers Download. That is Trayton Lapsevich, your 2021 winner of the All-American Esports 400, as well as your 2021 NASCAR Pinty Series Rookie of the Year. Coming up after the break, it is the news of the week. You're listening to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media iRacing, the world's leading online simulation. Developed from the beginning as a centralized racing and competition service, iRacing organizes, hosts, and officiates races on the virtual tracks all around the world. iRacing is home to a wide variety of official sanctioning series with racing from the Australian Supercars, the Cars Tour, IndyCar, IMSA, NASCAR, and the World of Outlaws. With over 80,000 drivers on the service and over 80 laser scan tracks and cars to choose from, iRacing.com is the world's premier motorsport simulation. For more information, visit iRacing.com today. Welcome back to the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network, presented by Crossley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media. Justin Prince with you, along with Taylor Burris, with producer Wayne Owens, after a great discussion with Trayton Lapsevich after his victory in the All-American Esports 400 and its Super Link Model race. But plenty of action happened throughout the week as well, Taylor, to say the very least. From the world of rally cross to open wheel action, all the way to new content coming to the service and around the corner. Plenty to get into, to say the very least, to start things off, Taylor. Certainly, indeed, Justin. Let's kick things off with the iRacing Rallycross World Championship presented by Yokohama. They were at beautiful Hell RX in Hell, Norway. And this rally course has provided a lot of exciting racing in the iRacing Rallycross World Championship. But once again, it is Set Esports' Tommy Hallman who takes home another checkered flag and win here. And that just helps improve his points championship in this championship coming through the season. It's been a great campaign to say the very least with plenty of different comers and goers. But it's been something we were discussing beforehand where... One week you have one driver, Dominic. The next week you have the next driver back and forth. It's been a tug of war, it seems, this season, where it's been difficult to break away. 
It certainly has. And even a couple of newcomers have made their way up into the podium position for the first time this season. Of course, you have Williams Esports' Yarno Leskinen, who comes home in second. And our last week's guest, Garrett Maines from Elliott Sadler Esports, comes home in third position. His first podium of the season. I also believe, looking over his stats for the season, his first finals race in this championship. So a strong performance for Garrett. Could this be the thing that we see for him in order to turn his season around? That's a good question because Garrett Maines, when it comes to the Rallycross side, has always been an intriguing driver. If you remember back to some of the opening seasons and the campaign's history for this series, one of the main things that came into mind was he was one of the drivers driving the Volkswagen Beetle that season, which, of course, had its struggles that campaign. He worked his way back on in, working with Vicente Salas to be able to perform well under the ESC banner this season. I think there's a good chance we see a bit of uptake with that speed overall. I'm curious on how Garrett Maines does absolutely to try and break in more so to be able to fight for a top 10 points finish. He's just five points out behind Jake Robertson, mind you, in the standings drivers-wise. He certainly is, which is a strong run if he's able to pull it off. It's going to be a struffer one because we have three more races left in this championship before we decide who will come out on top with that. Of course, the next round we head back to the United States over to the rally course at Phoenix Raceway, which will definitely provide a lot of different opportunities as well as a very unique road or rally circuit, given the fact that it's one of the first rally circuits included in the iRacing service. Indeed, it's going to be intriguing because when it comes to that layout, keep in mind for those that join the service, one of the first tracks they visit is at the Legacy Phoenix Raceway, the one with the grass still for where the dog leg is now at that current circuit. I'm very curious to see who comes on on top because the course in turn brings a lot of exciting action, Taylor, and it's well designed. Overall, though, you got to think of it this way. These drivers, if they want to try and keep up with John Robertson, need to find a way to break on through. That's going to be starting step one. Two, there's the team fight. Will be sent esports who's able to break away or Subaru. That's been a back and forth team wise all season two. It certainly has currently set esports has the points lead with 253 points with their four wins. Subaru Motorsports USA is sitting in seconds, just shy of about 25 points between them. It was 227. It's basically a two horse race in this championship, both the team as well as the driver standings. I'm very excited to see how it plays out. Let's put it that way, Taylor. It certainly is. I'm excited about it, too. And you can catch all the action next Wednesday afternoon starting at 4 p.m. That'll be on November 3rd with, of course, the iRacing Rallycross uh, All-Star Invitational. And then the big series will be later on in the afternoon at the virtual Phoenix Rally Course. Well, from one high-rising, high-stakes series to a high-speeds, high-stakes world championship, the Force Dynamic Dallara iRacing Grand Prix Championship headed back into the United States to Road America. And Justin, Mr. Martin Van Luzenord has been on a dominant stretch with collecting his fourth win of the season, a very strong performance holding off Peter Berryman and Ben Fuller by just over three seconds. Fourth in a row, in fact, Taylor. Fifth of the campaign in seven rounds. That's how dominant he's been. And keep in mind, when he had that situation where he didn't score points at Brazil, he was around 30 or so points on behind, give or take plus. 
He's now gone into where he's leaned by double-digit points with the raw pace he's utilized all campaign long, with that being the only mistake he's had this entire season when it came to that pit sequence at Interlagos. It's been that type of a campaign, and to be able to outrun the Goliath that is the two through five runners, whether they're under the banner of STK Gaming or SDK came SDK Gaming, I should say, or Apex Racing Team, that's a big feat to say the very least. And as well, the strategy in that respective race at Road at America was near perfection to be able to time it up for the pit stop, to be able to get the extra lap on fuel, to have the quote-unquote assistance of drivers battling to cost them a second plus to be able to jump the pack and break the draft. All that you had to have work in tandem, Taylor, and for for Martin Van Lusenor, it did in the end. It certainly did, and he was able to pull it off miraculously with a strong performance once again. But now, similar to the Rallycross Championship, we're now down to just three more races left in this championship. We're next off heading to Austria to the Red Bull Ring, followed by a trip to Japan to the Suzuka International Racing Circuit with a championship season finale at the Hungaro Ring. And it's going to provide a unique opportunity Three very unique tracks that provide its own unique challenges that will test the might of these Dallaras and the drivers. Is there anyone you think, Justin, that can go head-to-head with Martin and have a shot to steal this championship away with the three races left? Well, to be quite frank, it's the type of situation now, especially after the performances today in this respective series, where Peter Berryman cannot afford to make mistakes. Johan Harf cannot afford to make mistakes. Those two drivers are not in the situation where they, oh, I could maybe do this. They have to do this. Taylor to have a shot at the championship. Let's put it that way. That's how quick that 69 machine has been right for the onset with the consistency shown in qualifying. Or let's be up towards the front. In our words, the execution has to be right on par and then some. If you're Berryman and Hart, there's a reason where for those who are watching the battle for second at the line, a big part of the swap around, the points to help Berryman. So that's going to be very critical to see, can they outscore Martin Van Lusnord? Can they outstrategize against him too? It's going to be interesting to see catch all the action starting at 2.30 on all of iRacing streaming services. And then finally, Justin, we have to also talk about the 2021, 2022 Porsche Tag Heuer Esports Super Cup Contender Series. Their next race will be happening in the beautiful racing circuit of the Nürburgring Grand Prix course. A unique opportunity for some drivers to showcase Porsche, of course, at this home track advantage similar, with David Williams leading the points by just over, a little over 15 points over Alessandro Bico, who is looking also to collect his second win of the season. And looking through the standings right now, Five different drivers have won in this championship. Anyone, though, having a shot, though, to possibly sneak their way in who is maybe on the outside looking in? That's a good question because there's so much weight this respective season when it comes to breaking on through and being able to represent your organization in the Porsche Takeaway Esports Super Cup. And this entire campaign, mind you, you've had plenty of drivers having to qualify their way in. Some of the drivers I'm keeping an eye on. We've mentioned Peter Berryman. He's someone that's done very well, for example. But to try and sneak in, in particular, Elvis Rankin, 21st position. 
I'm surprised you to see him on the lower part of the point standings, knowing his talent, especially when it comes to driving MX-5s on the iRacing platform, one of the rising stars road course racing-wise and short track racing-wise in the real world and on the platform. You also have other drivers I'm keeping an eye on, like Sam Kutert, who is trying to keep himself in front of these respective competitors in that time for 15. There's a lot that, in turn, Taylor, let's put it that way, I'm keeping my eye on terms of drivers who can sneak up and are going to have to start feeling the pressure but for many of these drivers it's just the simple point of they need to score points they can't just simply he finished 15 for some of these drivers the pressure is there to get good points and be good if you want to be one of the best of the best you certainly have to and of course this is the final race of the contender series catch all the action on all of iRacing streaming services at 2:45 p.m eastern standard time for seeing who will make it into the major show, the Pro Series, the one we're all looking forward to in 2022. Finally, in other news, of course, we have two major announcements. Actually, as of today, on October 28th, or whenever you're listening, the Phoenix Raceway has went through a major overhaul, got a little bit of a facelift, as it is now identical to what we will see run in this season in the 2020 and 2021 NASCAR Cup schedule, where the track is exactly the same. The start-finish line, which was originally on coming out of the front straightaway that we normally used to see on iRacing, well, now it's put on the back straightaway, which is now considered the front straightaway, of course. So for those of you who are a little confused, go make sure to check the video out on iRacing streaming service, or even get on the track if you have Phoenix Raceway. And it's long overdue, to say the very least. Remember, this track was initially supposed to be scanned around the time that everything shut down in 2020, right? So it's great to see it finally come to fruition. Here's the thing, too. It's a masterpiece when it comes to the beauty around it, not just with the leg stand in its iconic look there but you can drive into victory lane at this track that's something you can't say for every single circuit only a few across the entire platform and taylor in turn that's going to be big for some of the celebrations i can already see the potential possibilities you can try and lay in for some future events maybe and utilize that victory lane as part of your celebrations for said coverage it's going to be interesting how it all flares out but the driving in that I think the fans are going to be happy about the one downside I will say, Taylor, of course, is it's basically replacing the old Phoenix completely, right? Unfortunately, the replays you can no longer use from the old Phoenix. Yeah, so what that means is the 2012 version of Phoenix is going to be no longer in use. They still will have the 2008 version, which includes the rallycross circuit and the road course circuit. But as far as the 2012 edition of the Oval, it will be unavailable to use, which is unfortunate. But you kind of kind of have to take it also with excitement because we do get something updated. Also, one more thought before we come to a close on this, Justin, it all revolves around a certain driver or former driver, as well as team owner in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing series, as well as executive at iRacing. Mr. Dale Jr. just had a little bit of a preview for us for a brand new 1987 cup car that is set to debut. And it's, of course, the Buick that will be coming on board. And a lot of people were wondering, well, why the Buick? Why not the Pontiac? Well, Junior kind of said that the Buick can be utilized as not just as the Buick LeSabre that we're all used to, 
but also a little bit can be utilized for the Oldsmobile as well, which is very exciting to see a, another edition of a old-school cup car released to iRacing. We were kind of alluding to it about a week or two ago because there was, of course, the charity scenarios where it was talked about Taylor with that car being the favorite, and now we see it with the scan. That's all absolutely huge to be able to increase the field of available cars for the 1987 machines. But I think that's a great point to mention with the Oldsmobile because it basically says, okay, trading paints, your best painters. Let's see what you can do, especially with that, because as Dale Jr. puts it, it's a two for one. See, that's one of going to be the things I'm going to be okay with, because let's be honest, when I'm watching and I do broadcast it or I see other races going on and I see someone who will come out there and have a completely different manufacturer on a car that is supposed to be what it's supposed to be. Let's just say I get a little triggered. So like, for example, I will call out a certain uh, car that I saw when calling there was a sports car race. They decided to make a Corvette C8R into a rental uh, GT car. For some reason. Why? Mm. I don't know. But uh, yeah. Or my personal favorite, making the Ford Thunderbird a Chevy Lumina. Yeah, I find that interesting, especially since, well, you've got a Chevy 1987 car. I've seen exactly. I've seen the Ford used as a Toyota. Yep. A bunch of different combinations. I, I have too, and it's kind of a little bit of like trigger alert, but for the most part, it's still fun to see what people will think that they can do. Now, if you want to have fun with different manufacturers, different notes, the super late model is a perfect car to do that with, but don't do that with the cars that already have a su certain super late model design or nose design for their certain manufacturer. But on that note, finally, one more note to take on Monday night racing returns on November 1st and Dale Earnhardt jr. Will be competing full time in the Monday night racing series pro series. Of course, catch the action starting at 8 p.m. But before that, it is the Monday Night Racing Road to Glory series, where a lot of future up-and-coming drivers who will compete in Monday Night Racing will have a shot at battling it out. Catch the action, of course, starting at about 7 p.m. But on that note, Justin, it's time for us to go ahead and call it another episode here on the iRacers Download. So for Trayton Lapsovich, as well as Justin Prince, our producer Wayne Owens, I am Taylor Burris. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the iRacers Download on the SpeedSport Podcast Network presented by Crosley Radio and NASCAR Digital Media.